thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. I'm a wee bit excited today because I have a very special guest on the show who has been instrumental in helping me to grow the Healthy Shift Worker brand and most notably this podcast that you're listening to right now. Without him, there would be no Healthy Shift Worker podcast and I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you right now. So today's topic is actually going to be a little bit different to what I normally chat about. It's not about shift work per se. However, it definitely incorporates learning how to become a much healthier and happier version of you in various aspects of your life. And to talk more about this topic, I have the CEO and founder of The Wellness Couch, Mr. Marcus Pierce, who is joining us from beautiful Byron Bay in northern New South Wales. Marcus is a highly sought-after speaker, mentor, and co-host of two podcasts, which I've actually been listening to for years, called Inside the Champion's Mind and 100 Not Out. He is also a journalist by trade and founder of The Exceptional Life Blueprint, an online program designed to help you to move from mediocrity to exceptional in all areas of your life. He's also just become a dad for the third time with the recent arrival of Tommy Alexander to the Pierce clan and is about to head off to the beautiful Greek islands of Ikaria, which I'm very jealous about, um, to learn more about longevity and living a healthy and fulfilling life. So to tell us more about moving from mediocrity to exceptional, I'd like to give a warm and fuzzy Byron Bay welcome to Marcus. Oh, Audra, that is, and without a doubt, that is one of the best introductions I have ever received before an interview. You have put all of our work together into practice, young lady. That That's remarkable. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I'm, I'm working with the uh, podcasting guru, so um, yeah, so, but welcome, welcome to my oh, podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me on. No, I'm, I'm absolutely touched. When you, when you say what you said, it's a, I love to, you know, I'm thinking, wow, like you said, you mentioned Tommy in there and you mentioned Icaria and you mentioned... The wellness catch, and I'm, there, I'm listening there going, oh, I live such a blessed life. Thanks a million. I'm like, ah, I'm rather touched. You do. You do. And I have to say, uh, Marcus, it, it really does feel very surreal right now because if you had asked me 12 months ago that I would actually have a podcast on the wellness couch and then I'd be interviewing the CEO or head honcho, I'm actually going to refer to you as, um, I probably would have just laughed at you. So I just want to say a massive thank you, um, you know, before we get started, um, because as I said in the intro, this Healthy Shift Worker podcast would not even exist without your help, support and guidance throughout this entire process. Oh, well, Audra, um, I know there's a lot of love in the digital podcast room at the moment, but you know how much I believe in your message and uh, I know you get all warm and fuzzy and you even tear up when you talk about you know what, what impact you're determined to have on this world in helping shift workers um, go from unhealthy to healthy. So I think you know I, I love working with people whose message I really align with and it does warm my heart to see your brand, your podcast, your message grow and grow because uh, it's so needed. It is so needed. I, mean, I know you know all 
all the stats on how many shift workers there are in the world, but they total the millions, the tens of millions, and uh, there's a lot of people out there that um, not only want your wisdom, but they need your wisdom. This whole industry, um, if there's a if there's a shadow of mediocrity over the industry, then you're the one that's going to bring in that exceptional um, influence and that exceptional mindset into shift workers. So, no, absolutely, Audra, thanks again for what you do and pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Thank you. Look, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you, Marcus, because you have an amazing story and it's just so incredibly inspiring to see how you're helping so many people through your Exceptional Life Blueprint program. But I'll let you talk more about this shortly. So firstly, I'd love for you to share your story, Marcus. And I know you have a teensy-weensy little bit of shift working experience woven in there into your life. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, can you, you know, what made you, I guess, start out as a journalist and, and subsequently establish, you know, the Wellness Couch and, you know, the ELB? Oh, well, I better say, uh, okay, so yes, my shift work experience, now I'll start at the beginning. I love football. <laughs> I love sport. I'll be as brief as oh I can. Oh my gosh, I we're not talking about people. football, are we? That's right. We're not going to talk about it. So all I'm going to say is I grew up loving sport. So I studied journalism, became a journalist. When I was in my second year of uni, um, uh, I got a job. Oh, no, I got a week of work experience at a radio station through my mum's boyfriend. Thin threads, incredible. My mum's boyfriend at the time had a friend who was a sales rep at a radio station. I went and did one week's work experience in breakfast radio and then two weeks later got the call up to be an associate producer or an assistant producer it was, it was in those days. We're talking like 1999 or maybe the year 2000. Um, to, to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning um, and uh, drive into Carlton and work in breakfast radio. And this was my dream job. I mean, as I say, I was 19. I'd go in to do brekkie radio. I would then go into uni, study my journalism, fall asleep, learning about all types of <laughs> you know topics. Uh, but I, lo- I love sh- – I don't know if I can call – can I call that shift work? If- I don't know if I can because I got up at the same time every day, five days a week. It was just very early. So I don't know that I can call that shift work. I also delivered newspapers with my dad years before that getting up at you know three o'clock in the morning to go and work with dad and see what he did um so that's kind of my that's kind of i feel like i can say that's my shift work experience but i didn't work odd hours i just worked early in the morning all the time um but i think to to kind of lead you into the exceptional life blueprint in the wellness couch when i met my wife sarah who's a chiropractor i realized at the time being a smoking drinking workaholic you know sportsman kind of tv producer at the time that um there was something else and uh fast forward a few years and that something else turned out to be um a real inspiration and passion to want to help people as you said go from mediocre to magnificent i I read a book john robbins healthy at 100 um i was sitting on the couch at night our first born maya was asleep or on the on the breast while sarah was breastfeeding night and day and i didn't see my wife much at all at night so i was spending all my night times by myself i read 30 books in 2010 one of them was healthy at 100 by john robbins page two of the introduction spoke about a study done by the yale school of public health and they interviewed 600 people and they asked them such questions as as you age you become less useful um your glory years are behind you um the the rest of your life won't be as great as the the past days agree or disagree what this study found was that people that um agreed that their best years were behind them, that their glory days were yesterday, that um, as they age, they they do become less useful. Those people that had that belief, and we're only measuring a belief, those people that had that belief died on average seven and a half years younger than the people that had a belief that as they age, they do become more useful, that the rest of their life will be the best of their life, that their glory years are in front of them. And this 
blew my mind because I came from a from a belief system where if you eat well and you move well, then you live a great long life. But as a journalist by trade, I was like, hold on a minute, all we're measuring is a belief here. We're not measuring exercise or relationships or diet or genes mm. or the air you breathe or the money you earn. Mm. We're just measuring a belief. And this really really got to me. I got had that real um, shiver down the spine, a real rush of blood going, hold on a minute. Everyone I speak to, we had a chiropractic center at the time. I think everyone that walks through that door has a disempowered belief around their future. They don't believe that the rest of their life will be the best of their life. And the more I studied it, the more I spoke to everyday human beings. There's 20-year-olds that are scared of being 30, 30-year-olds that don't want to be 40, 40-year-olds that don't want to be 50. And across humanity, across cultures, across races, wherever it is, there's a real disempowered view around aging, which I can then say there's a real disempowered view around our future. And as someone that's done a lot of personal growth over the years, you know, looking at all the different areas of our life, whether it's our money or our career or our family or our health or whatever it is, we must have exceptional standards for that. Otherwise, the consequences are dire. And so that's what really led me into a path of creating this exceptional life blueprint, thinking about it, interviewing people, talking about it. Um, and then that's what created 100 Not Out. Um, I joined the wellness guys who had they, – they actually created the Wellness Couch. I joined the guys to help them run the live events and then add to the Wellness Couch network and help right. it grow and expand and the rest. So, But that is – I don't really do well at um, short answers, but that is, um, <laughs> <laughs> that is the, the, the summary for today on, um, on how it's come to be now. And now, as you say, I run the Exceptional Life Blueprint. That's an online program, membership program, which helps people go from, again, you named it, mediocre to magnificent in all eight areas of life, and we do that through uh, membership programs, webinars, videos, content, and the rest. Um, and that's something that you know I absolutely love to do. I could talk about it all day long, but I know we have time limits. <laughs> yes, we're going to keep this. We'll try and keep it to a 30-minute podcast anyway, oh, good luck. So, good luck. <laughs> which you've taught me to do. So, yeah, <laughs> which is interesting. But, yeah, look, I mean, I can hear it in the, just in the passion in your voice, uh, Marcus. So it's, um, yeah, fabulous just to get a little bit of an insight and a background on, on where, it, you know, where it all began. But I have to admit, um, you know, myself, when I first saw your exceptional life blueprint, I remember being – quite mystified and a little curious about this guy that I was watching on the video um, and he was standing next to this, I'm going to call it a funny looking triangle with a circle around it. I always remember that. I love <laughs> the way you say that. You're the only person that calls it the funny looking triangle with a circle, but I always think of that. <laughs> well, it was. I mean, just it you know, is, when I it first still is. saw it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, but the thing is that you, you know, were not only just standing next to this, you know, funny looking triangle with a circle around it but you had so much energy and I, what I also remember noticing was that the word nutrition sat about halfway up this triangle that you designed and for a nutritional medicine student like myself this really really caught my eye can you can you tell us more about the exceptional life um, blueprint Marcus and what what are the actual pieces to this yeah this sure sure so so we can go to nutrition relatively quickly, but what I'll, what I'll say first is that Damien Christoph and I, Damien Christoph's a naturopath, chiropractor, uh, studied with my wife, Sarah. I called Damo one day after read, shortly after reading um, Healthy 100 saying, Damo, I'm obsessed with longevity, living a great long life, not in terms of, you know, superfoods and, you know, eating celery sticks and carrot sticks, like what really creates a great long life? Mm. I was vegan at the time. Damo's a meat eater. You know, we were both pretty intent on, on discovering or confirming that eating well is the recipe 
for a great long life. Um, but to put it bluntly, the more people we interviewed, the more average diets there were of people that were living great long lives. So we always re- refer to one of our early interviews, Dexter Kruger, 104 years of age, farmer, who you know wakes up, he has a coffee and then he has cereal and toast and then he has a coffee and cake for morning tea and then meat and three veg for lunch and then coffee and cake for afternoon tea and then meat and three veg for dinner and then coffee and coffee at midnight you know and um <laughs> Damo and I are going holy moly he's just broken all the rules yeah but Dexter wasn't the only one the more people we interviewed um we were like you know what there's something else and what we found and this is what you know, is confirmed over and over again. You look at the oldest human being ever to live, Jean Calmont, 122 years, 164 days. She smoked for 95 years. She drank port wine every day and she ate a kilo of chocolate every week. And wow. just li- rewind that 15-second button on your podcast. Listen to that again. But <laughs> she's the oldest human being ever to live on record. Now, I'm not saying, and I'm very clear on this, I'm not saying go out and smoke and drink and eat a kilo of chocolate every week. I'm saying, don't you think it requires us to be a little bit curious about what else is it that keeps us going for so long? Totally. So, what mm. we discovered over the, you know, particularly over many years of interviews and books and research and all the rest of it, you've got to do what you love and love what you do. When you wake up each day, you've got to do what you love and love what you do. And if you have no idea what it is that you want to do, you have to be who you love to be. You've got to be kind. You've got to be caring. You've got to be honest. You've got to be generous. If you have no idea what you want to do with your life, they are four massive character traits that must go in and you get more clear on what you want to do when you be who you need to be in order to live a great long life. Second installment was movement. The people that don't eat so well, they move all the time. And most people that are living with a great um, quality and quantity of life are exercising regularly. They don't have to be doing CrossFit or Zumba. They might be going for a walk. They might be going up hills. They might be swimming. They might be playing tennis, golf, whatever it is. But they're moving regularly. The third ingredient, and this really combines with nutrition to a great long life, is having an active social life. The biggest defining element of this, which really blew my mind in that same book, at 100 was that uh, a study done on 8,000 Californians by Lisa Berkman from Harvard found that the people that had active social lives but average diets lived longer than people that had incredible diets but inactive or poor social lives. Mm, And so... We can't scientifically prove that. You can only do that by measuring people's lives and their diets, but you can't stick a needle in someone's arm and go, yep, we can see a biomarker there for a healthy social life. We will never be able to look at someone or or point or or take a pill or a potion or a test to measure um, what what impact a social life will have. But time and time again, you can look at the Rosetto, Pennsylvania study. You can look at the Lisa Berkman study. You can look at a lot of cultures around the world. The social aspect of life has incredible, not only healing benefits, but life-extending benefits as well. And then on nutrition, the reason why that comes in at number four is because whilst it it might not have massive, it does definitely have an impact on, on how long you live, but it has more of an impact on the quality of your life. So whether you're 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 110, if you eat well, you have a better quality of life. You've got more energy, more, vitali- more vitality, more get up and go. You can have, you can deal better with stress, make better decisions. Um, just be more present with people when you've got good energy, when you've got good nutrition. So that's why nutrition comes in at number four and not at number one because there's plenty of people out there that eat the perfect diet but they hate their job, they hardly move their body, they don't catch up with friends and they don't enjoy great relationships um, and the rest. And there's no use being on the perfect diet if the rest of your life is mediocre. Oh, 
totally agree with that one. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you there, but yeah, that's yeah, love that. Yeah, totally, totally. I see that in clinic often with um, patients that come in, but yeah, that's yeah, spot on. Yeah, so yeah, no, I think that's, I mean, that's the thing that people really need to, uh, you know, in, in this day and age, need to really, um, not only absorb but really live by. Do you want me to finish off the rest of the blueprint? Oh, please, whilst I'm at it? yeah, go okay, for cool. it. Okay, <laughs> cool. So after nutrition, we we then move into love and relationships. So if you want a great quality of life, so now we're into real quality accelerators. If you've got great relationships, the rest of your life is just so much more fun. Your family, your family catch ups are good. Your breakfast, lunch, and dinner is great. Your um your time with family is not stressful. It's not so administrative. It's actually just really cool. It's quite fun. So that takes a lot of work, and that's something that I really love working with people on understanding people's values values, um, accepting other people's values. You might have partners, colleagues who see the world differently to you. How do you actually blissfully deal with that rather than resentfully deal with it? I think that's really important to a great quality of life. It just removes any emotional fatigue out of dealing with other people. Um, personal growth, um, life is learning. Learning is life. A lot of people stop learning when they uh, when they leave school. Mm. But if we're really going to live an exceptional life and have a great quality of life, you want to be interested in seeing movies, learning a language, doing a short course, attending events, doing seminars, um, learning how to, you know, pitch a tent, which I need to do, uh, build a cubby house, paint a fence, you know, um, whatever it is, do gardening, anything that expands your mind, your body um, is so important to like future paces your life. You actually, that's the kind of stuff that people look forward to doing, traveling, meeting new people, all of those things. Um, and at the top, which is not the top, it's really the bottom, but some people get confused, is wealth. This is really, in terms of quality of life, it's a great quality accelerator, but in terms of living an exceptional life, it's it's the it's the least important because if you live a life that you love with people that you love you move your body regularly you eat well you have great love and relationships and you grow then you don't have the same attachment to money which a lot of people have in today's 2016 world the big thing with money though is that most people the mediocre behavior is that most people spend more than they earn mm. whereas exceptional behavior is to spend yeah. less than you earn and then beyond that is to invest a difference but the average australian really the average person in the Western world would spend 114% of their income. So the average wow. credit card debt is between three and five thousand dollars, and I actually think that's a bit of a misnomer. I think it's probably higher than that. Mm. Um, I've learned this the hard way. We had fifty-five thousand dollars in credit card debt in two thousand and nine. I think it was after a, um, a, a wedding, which I didn't want to make any. Um, sacrifices on and a business which we really overcapitalized buying everything new and um, it, it was so easy to happen but uh, now we are credit card free and uh, and just live on cash and I think you know personally that works well for our family I'm not saying everyone has to do that but from an exceptional behavior perspective I just invite your listeners to check in do you spend more than you earn or do you spend less than you earn if you don't actually know then the the first step is to get clear and the second step is to rein in the expenses or increase your income to tip the balance so that you spend less than you earn. Uh, and then my last little step is to put a big circle around that triangle. Now we have the funny looking triangle with the circle around it <laughs> and that is your soul or your spirit or your faith. If you only go through those first seven steps but don't put your soul or your spirit or your faith into it, then it's all very intellectual without being um, individual 
to you. And so knowing what limits or thresholds or belief systems you have around all of those areas of your life is really important. That's what makes us all different. That's what makes some people work 30-hour weeks, what makes some people work 80-hour weeks. It's your soul, no one else's soul, your spirit, no one else's spirit, your faith, no one else's. Um, so we put a big circle around that triangle and we call that, Audra, the Exceptional Life Blueprint. Mm, wow. Yeah, look, I mean, I could talk to you about this for hours and go into real um, real detail into, into each um, segment, but you've yeah, given us a, a, certainly a good overview. Uh, and it's actually why I really, uh, I guess, resonated with your program is because whilst I am studying nutrition, I'm very, I guess I have a very holistic view on health that it is like nutrition is just only one element to the shift work puzzle, as I guess I'd like to refer to it. It's an incredibly important part, uh, as I'll just probably talk about in a second. But, um, you know, you, it's not just, it's not the be all and end all, um, and which is why I absolutely love your work. It's just, and it's unique. It's something I'd never come across before. So, yeah, it's wonderful. And I guess, um, um, can I just say something on that, Audra? Sure. Because this is something I think is so important in this personal development, you know, in information overload world that we live in. Mm. I think a lot of people are familiar that we all have areas of life that are um, common to us all, you know, relationships, career, health, wealth, all of the rest of it. But the thing that bothered me was that um, in personal growth or personal development world, no one really talks about how to integrate all of those eight areas into your life. We often get caught up on, I'm going to go on a diet, or I'm going to start CrossFit, or I'm going to get a new job, or I'm going to you know, end that relationship and start a new one. But there's not much out there in terms of how to integrate all eight areas of your life. And when I started the blueprint, other colleagues or other experts would say, Marcus, you need to be more niche. You need to be just about life purpose or just about health or just about wealth. And I was saying to people, now this is, this is what annoys me about personal growth is we're teaching people to master one area of your life, mm. but the consequences of doing that are diabolical. You know, you, you lose a marriage if you put all your eggs in the life purpose basket. You yes. can lose uh, friends and your health if you put all your eggs into the money basket. You can lose um, your life if you put all the eggs into the nutrition basket and you forget about everything else. Mm. So I think that is one thing that's missing and it's still missing. I mean, there's my message, but there's not a lot of messages out there that are saying, look, guys, yes, do what you love and love what you do. But when you come home at night, love your family, hang out with great people, feed your body seasonal local organic whole foods, spend less than you earn. And yes, that might seem like a recipe that might um, overwhelm you right now, but you want to maintain or you want to really um, work towards exceptional standards for your life because you weren't born to be mediocre. No one came out um, into this world. No one looked into a newborn's eyes and go, well, there's a mediocre human being. Like everyone that looked into a newborn's eyes says, wow, what an incredible soul, how lucky they are to be alive. This kid's going to go places. No one ever thinks that um, a new life is mediocre. So why should we have that belief when we're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60? Mm, yeah, totally. Very, very well put. <laughs> very well put. And I guess um uh, again, this is why you know what I love about your program is that it does you know really touch on all the all the different areas. Um, but you know, for realistically, unfortunately, in, in the society that you know we live today, as you were saying, being mediocre, uh, for various reasons, whether you know um, uh, whether it's due to a lack of time or money, or because we become so submerged under the general busyness of life that 
um, you know, that not all of these actually are given the priority that they deserve. And I'll just choose one element as an example, that being exercise, because for shift workers, you know, who are continually sleep deprived and often struggle just to get out of bed in the morning due to the relentless and ongoing fatigue that we experience, exercise is often given the flick. But through all of the research that you've done over the years, Marcus, can you explain to our listeners just how incredibly important this is on our overall health and well-being? Yes, but I do get morbid on this, Audra. So pull me up if it gets too morbid. But particularly for shift workers, this is massive, okay? Because mm-hmm. I know, having spoken to yourself and many other shift workers, that exercise is one thing that can feel so hard when you're working insane hours, upside down, inside out hours. You've got no routine whatsoever. But all I want to do is go to the end of life, the end of life and the thing that most people would most, the most, the disease most people don't want is dementia because it, it ruins or it, it takes away all of our faculties. It takes four people to look after one person with dementia. It impacts uh, family. It impacts everyone. Um, it's very. It's a very costly uh, disease. But any of those, any whether we're talking cancer, diabetes, which which a lot of people still don't know, that can end up in amputations, which mm. lose, which which creates a massive quality of life downer. Yeah. Um, obviously, cancer affects quality of life. Heart disease, obesity, everything that you consider that um, that is a cause of death. It can be linked back to a deficiency or a lack of exercise. We could do two hours on this and look at all of the studies that show very clearly that uh, a lack of exercise creates a, a high likelihood in dementia or a lack of exercise creates a high likelihood of obesity, which then can create mm. all, a third of all cancer and a third of all and 40% of all diabetes is obesity related. Yeah. Now, a lot of obesity can be nutritionally related, but also movement. Mm, Also movement. So, if if, all I ask, and this is to shift workers or to anyone, is that look at the end of your life, and if you get to the end and it's a disgusting end, and disgusting, I'm talking about dementia. I'm talking about being in a nursing home where no one comes to see you because you haven't um, spent less than you earned over the course of your life, and you end up spending 85% of your pension in some decrepit old nursing home, and you know that you could have actually walked, even walking 10 minutes a day will reduce your incidence of diabetes by over 80%. That's only 10 minutes a day, which just goes to show how little people are moving when only moving 10 minutes a day can have such a massive impact on um, on dementia prevalence. So for everyone listening that's not moving regularly, you don't want to get into your 40s, 50s, 60s or 70s and experience the slow decline of chronic disease um, that then rears its ugly head when it's all too late. I mean, there are plenty of examples um, of people that are reversing even things like dementia, but you don't want to have to even do that. You don't want to have to get to that point where I go, I've got to change my whole life to then actually shift something. Just do it whilst you can. And as Walter Bort said, who I think was interviewed two or three on 100 Not Out, and I sometimes get this confused, but it's never too late to start always too early to stop. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it's ongoing. It's never too late to start exercising. I don't care if you're 65 and you haven't exercised for 30 or 40 years, it's never too late to start. But it's always too early to stop. And sadly, when a lot of people retire, they stop moving. And they buy into that old person's stereotype of um, they move less, they need more help moving, they're more sedentary, whereas as you get older, you need to move more. To live longer, move more. To live longer, move more. 
Yeah, and as you just said, it doesn't have to be, you know, running a marathon or joining a, you know, a personal trainer boot camp or anything like that, you know, or if that is your thing and you re- that resonates with you, great. Um, but, you know, so long as it is something and, yeah. uh, you know, and you just, you after you're doing exercise anyway, you feel more, it does actually energize you. It's just the getting out of, you know, bed and just getting into action and, and doing it. So doing whatever you love. One of our exceptionals, yeah. Leanne Anders and fellow Wellness Couch podcaster, she's doing uh, um, an event called the Spartan Beast, which for <laughs> me, that I, I, as I say, I'm a wuss. Like I've got no interest in getting muddy, dirty, getting any grazes, getting any blood. I don't know if there's going to be blood, but I think there's barbed wire involved. Like oh, for me, goodness. it's like, <laughs> like yeah. no way. Lifting like 20, 30, 40, 50 kilo rocks and oh just no interest for me it's jogging um it's swimming it's doing some um cross training when we go to ikaria in the greek islands that's a hilly island now they're not doing crossfit in ikaria they've just been walking up hills um that's literally what they do they just walk up hills and they walk to a lot of places it's just whatever you like to do or whatever your environment dictates if you live in a mountainous area then you'll be walking mountains if you live in a rainforest area you'll be walking through rainforest if you live near the beach you might be walking or doing yoga on the beach just whatever make the most of your environment but make sure you do movement that you love not you feel like you should do because everyone else is doing it Mm, perfect yeah very well said very well said um I guess what I just wanted to touch on a little bit about uh, Marcus is is your the mentoring uh, coaching that you do because I know that you uh, you know have you have this online program that anyone can actually you know begin on any part of the world which is which is fantastic but you also do have heaps of clients that you work with you know one on one including myself what's been the biggest lesson that you've learnt you know about people um, I guess what's and you know for example like what's actually holding them back from living an exceptional life oh look there's no doubt that um, I, I could say fear and overwhelm but I think overwhelm is an effect of fear um, there's always uh, a feeling of um, people that have big dreams and big goals um, that can see the Everest they can see the summit mm. um, they look at all the steps it takes to get there and that's overwhelming and and or let's say that cre- that creates fear, and then in most people that creates overwhelm. So they look at all the steps, they go, "Gee whiz," and that then leads to overwhelm. And then I come in. My role really is to break down the steps and go, "Forget about steps five to one thousand. Let's just set um, an outcome for the first four steps." Um, and let's break it down. And they go, "Okay, four steps. I can do four steps." And we go, "All right, but let's not even think about step two, three, and four. Let's just." focus on the first step Mm. because that for most people, I'd say all people, is like, ah, no brainer, no worries. You know, so generally I would do a call with someone every two weeks, you know, and I'm not telling them to climb Everest in two weeks. I'm saying just do step one in two weeks and 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 that's how life is if you look at a baby being born to a 10 year old they don't go from that to 10 overnight it's just one small step at a time one day at a time mm. you know a lot of a lot of people worry 10 years into the future people worry about their jobs where will i be 10 years from now um parents worry about their kids where will they be 10 years from now um but that that, that big step future-paced worry it's so useless um to look at the everest and get worried about it does not does not create any fulfillment um, and and forward inspiration. So looking at the first step going, I can do that. 
I can do that. Every now and again, one of those steps is a bit tricky. You might wobble, you lose balance and the rest. Um, there's times where instead of just looking at the next step, we do look up and we do see all of the other steps that we go, oh my gosh, can I really do this? And we have that crisis of confidence. But that's what I love about mentoring. I get to keep people accountable to that step only. And whenever someone gets overwhelmed, I just bring them back to the step. Um, it's not, it's not, um, it's not a rocket science, but they, they, I do find that, um, that exceptional clients get a lot of value out of just having someone to keep them accountable to that first step um, rather than getting overwhelmed by the mountain, so to speak. And that's what I love about it. That's, that's, that's really what, what, what floats my boat um, for mentoring. So I guess it's like the, uh, that uh, famous quote, you know, you don't have to see uh, the, whole the whole staircase. You just have to take the first step. Is yeah, that right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think if we lived by that, because, you know, a challenge that I do have in in today's world is that because we are so overwhelmed by information, mm. you know, that quote is so incredibly powerful. What if we all just lived by that one quote? The challenge is we get insta-quoted all day long and we have hundreds and thousands of quotes being bombarded to us that by the time 9 o'clock comes around at night, we, we've forgotten every single quote that we heard because we've had so many come <laughs> through our feed. But if we just had one and that was the one, I think we'd all be going pretty well. Um, but it's that overwhelm, as you can easily appreciate, that comes to us so much these days. Um, but that is the one, that, that principle is, I think, incredibly powerful. Just one step at a time. See the vision, have the dream, know you have an exceptional life to live, get clarity on what that Everest looks like, and then let's just go through it one step at a time. Mm. And I can tell, you know, just say personally that that's definitely helped me uh, in various elements of, of yeah, growing the healthy shift worker. So, yeah, wonderful. So what would you say that your key piece of advice, uh, Marcus, for living an exceptional life? Well, I think have the belief that you have one right now. No matter what your life is right now, you're exceptional in the fact that you were hmm. born, right? If we think yeah. of that as an analogy, a lot of people think that this exceptional life blueprint is about you know turning a mediocre life into an exceptional life. I use that on a language perspective because people will like to, to go from mediocre to magnificent, you have to label it as mediocre to begin with. And that can be anything. In, in order to change something, that it's only going to change when you have a healthy discontent, as I like to call it, to shift it. So you might have, I mean, Audra, you've got a great social media following. I think it's somewhere over 5,000, okay? But in order for you to make that 20,000, you have to have a relative discontent for 5,000. It's like I'm grateful for 5,000, but I actually want to grow to 20,000. So let's, for one of the label terms, label 5,000 mediocre and 20,000 magnificent. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because we can be happy on a hundred grand, but me, we might want to create two hundred thousand dollars in our life. We might be happy with um, two kids, but we might actually want to have three kids. Now, it's not that we're going to say, "Well, it's mediocre having two kids," or "It's mediocre earning a hundred grand." And we're not saying that we're not grateful for it, but there has to be a drive to actually take another step forward. And generally, by nature, as human beings, we aren't static creatures. We always are moving forward and some of us move forward by um, learning the next series of Games of Thrones. Some of us move forward <laughs> by reading A Course in Miracles. Some of us move forward by going and climbing Everest. We all move forward differently but a lot of the time we move forward in areas that we would label as a void in our life or as something missing or as something that I want to fill in my life, uh, whether it's a bucket list, whether it's, um, again, shifting your, uh, your diet or your career or your relationship or whatever it is. So I I think um, having that awareness of how you behave, what voids you have in your life, 
um, what you would call mediocre um, and what you would call magnificent, having that awareness of what's mediocre. And then what normally is magnificent, you kind of already do automatically. So you might love your job. Well, that kind of just happens naturally. You might already eat well. That just kind of happens naturally. The key for people to take a step on is to work out what is mediocre in their life right now. Are you spending more than you earn? Are you not exercising regularly? And based on the order that we went through earlier from the top, uh, from the bottom up, as in life purpose, most important exercise, social life, begin on the most important area of your life that is mediocre at the moment and commit uh, for 30 days to making that exceptional. Mm, Beautiful. Great tips. Yeah. Pardon the pun, exceptional tips <laughs> in there. Well so, played, Audra. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's that's terrific. Well, I'm just about to um, wrap up the podcast shortly, uh, Marcus, but one question that I always like to ask my guests, uh, you know, because I'm a bit of a mad traveller and it's been hard not travelling for the past 18 months as a student, I can tell you, but... Uh, what's one of your, and I know that you're just about to get on a jet plane and head yeah. over to the beautiful Icaria, but what would be your favourite destination and, and why? Oh, look, I love all things French. I am a little okay. bit sad. I've been working okay. out, can I can I fit a day in Paris on this trip to Europe, but oh. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, I love all things French. Um, I don't Charlie, know why, I mean, I studied French at school. <laughs> I love pain au chocolats. I mm. love uh, attempting to speak French. Mm. But Sarah and I also lived in Ireland in a little thatched cottage in uh, west uh, west of Ireland called Donegal, and I do love the Irish as well. And, um, yeah, so Donegal town in Ireland or um, of many, many small towns in France, I absolutely love. So um, they would be my two. But then you've got... Italy, and then you got oh, I just I just love Europe. I have a real, real lean towards Europe, Audra. Yeah, I can uh, definitely uh, resonate with that. That's for sure. So yeah, well, look, you know, this has been fabulous, Marcus. Um, I know um, I've certainly enjoyed having a chat to you, and um, you know, I'm, I'm as I said, I'm very envious about your trip shortly. But how can people- they'll always be next year? Yeah, that's right. You're off. <laughs> that's right. I'll be interested to hear where your plans are for next um, yeah, for next year. So, but how can people find you um, if they're wanting to learn more about your Exceptional Life Blueprint program, Marcus? I know that you do have a live event coming up shortly in July, which I went to last year, and I have to say. I met some amazing people and I haven't laughed so much with this group of friends in my entire life, I don't think. But it certainly, yeah, left a a really great impact on me. But, yeah, how can people find you? Oh, thanks for the love, Audra. Well, like you say, I'm running this event again this year. This is Exceptional Life Blueprint Live. I run Mm. this event once a year only and it's at Byron Bay at the beautiful Byron Theatre. So that is July 30, 31. Uh, You can go to byron.marcuspierce.com.au. You'll see the link in the show notes um, to access um, tickets to Exceptional Life Blueprint Live. Um, And then for all other information, uh, simply go to marcuspierce.com.au. The podcasts I run there, all my other live events and um, um, appearances and blogs and everything is at marcuspierce.com.au. If people want to join the Exceptionals Tribe, just um, enter your name and email address there um, and all the details are sent through automatically. So Marcus Pierce with an A. And then I'm also Marcus D. Pierce. I've realized I'm the same thing on all the social medias. Marcus D. Pierce uh, on Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can connect with me that way as well. Fantastic. Looks like sounds like there's all different options to uh, be able to yeah catch up with you. So that well, everyone's everywhere these days. So it's yeah. just a matter of um, of connecting with people where they're at and yeah. um, 
And but I, I'm enjoying. I've, I've been doing more social media lately, and I do enjoy it. I, I enjoy the fact that a lot of people like to congregate there, and I still think there's nothing like a real life human connection um, environment, which is why totally. I love to do a lot of events. But yeah, at the same time, totally. whilst we're you know, whilst you know we're in a digital world, it's also a great way to to connect with people and share messages and information um, as well. Mm, fantastic. Well, that's brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me today, Marcus. I have actually broken the the thirty minute rule of. <laughs> oh, we're rule breakers. We are rule breakers <laughs> with this podcast. But look, it's been incredibly insightful and a lot of fun. And I'm sure a lot of you know our listeners have actually gained some sensational tips on how to live a much more happier and fulfilling life. You know, despite working twenty four seven. So, thank you so much again for joining me today. No worries. Audrey, I just had a quick realization because I know you have a global audience and I've, I've literally just finished this this morning. Um, there's two video programs which are completely free. I just checked this this morning. It's been accessed by over by people in over 80 countries. There's a global learning platform called, I think it's called Udemy or Udemy. I forget exactly how you pronounce it but it's U-D-E-M-Y. This is for the shift workers that are all over the world mm-hmm. uh, listening to Healthy Shift Work. If you go to udemy.com um, and just pop my name in, Marcus Pierce, um, there's two free courses there and there's also a paid course, Master Your Life Purpose. But for those shift workers around the world that don't get easy access um, to what it is that we do, you can access those free courses um, on how to go from mediocre to magnificent on udemy.com and just enter in Marcus Pierce and you'll see it come up. So people can go there as well. Brilliant. That's yeah. That's great because I actually I think I've got about a, a global audience of a, you know from about forty five different countries. So I think that will be perfect for them. It's obviously a lot easier than you know flying out to Australia to come <laughs> to Byron Bay. To Byron Bay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, no, that's wonderful. So yeah. Great. All right. So that's it for today's edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback and there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page, The Healthy Shift Worker, through my website, healthyshiftworker.com, or you can visit The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit. And you can also leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store, which will help me to spread the healthy shift worker message to shift workers and organizations all around the world. If you'd like to access, uh, sorry, if you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, healthyshiftworker.com, and you, you can enter your name and email address there. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.